VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. Where does one even begin after the week that has been for our beloved Jay Cutler might be done for the year. Jarrell Freeman is suspended for PEDs, and the Bears make a ton of roster moves to try and compensate. And despite it all, we still have a game to play this Sunday against the young and surging Tennessee Titans. Dan Cotton from 24-7 Sports joins us on the Week 12 preview episode of the Chicago Bears Review. You know, they say you're not supposed to kick a man when he's down, but, um, you know, I don't I don't think that the uh, that the gods are listening, you know, or abiding by their own rules because uh, the Bears are as down as a team can get. And we keep getting kicked no matter what. What's going on, everybody? Larry D back for the week 12 preview episode of the Chicago Bears review and uh, happy Thanksgiving to all of those who are celebrating and uh Happy Thursday to all those that don't. So, uh, you know, it's been a been a nice uh, holiday. It's uh, Thursday night. I think uh, kickoff for game number three is about to get started here in just a minute. Um, both the uh, the Cowboys and Lions have been victorious today. Uh, Sam Bradford threw a pick uh, in the final minute to set up the game-winning field goal for the Lions. So they are alone in first place right now at 7-4. and four. The Vikings, who started 5-0, and are 6-5, and and uh, it's not looking good uh, for them. I mean, they're only a game behind, but that makes official the sweep for the Lions. So basically, it's like having a, a three-game lead for the, uh, for the Lions, because even if they manage to finish with the same record this year, they're still a game behind because of that sweep that the Lions were able to uh, pull off. So, uh, you know, it's uh, doubly bad from minnesota that they lost again uh today so uh anyway on to what i was talking about uh the bears uh you know fall short in new york against the giants and then all this news comes out and and, and of course it came out like literally like minutes after i posted monday's review show you know like i'm i swear to god i I post the show i close the computer i I turn the tv back on then there's the report about jarell freeman then there is the report about Jay Cutler possibly being done for the season. And then moments after that, the, the news that the Bears have made a decision on who's coming back from injured reserve uh, to see if they can finish out the rest of the season. I mean, literally all that happened within like an hour of me posting the show. That's why none of that news was on the, uh, the Week 11 review show. Um, which would have made that episode a lot more interesting to listen to, I'm sure. But uh, here it is. Um, you know, the, the final word on Jay came down yesterday. Uh, apparently, it's not season-ending, and they're ruling him day-to-day, which means at the moment they're not discounting him from being able to play on Sunday against Tennessee. However, the Bears did go ahead and sign David Fales off of Baltimore's practice squad onto the regular 53-man roster to 
um, just in case, if you will. And I'm thinking that, and, and I've also read that Jay hasn't practiced yet this week um, on Wednesday or Thursday uh, today. So, um, I mean, that doesn't really mean anything at this point. Um, but he hasn't practiced yet, and Matt Barkley is making all the preparations uh, to be the starter uh, on Sunday with David Fales possibly backing him uh, backing him up. So I think this is more maybe some gamesmanship on behalf of Fox and the Bears to have the Tennessee Titans not really, quote-unquote, not really know who they're preparing for. Um, but uh, Fox um, uh, talked about how Jay is, you know, one of the toughest guys he's ever coached and you know don't write him off as far as not playing uh on sunday so apparently it's it's a shoulder injury one that was suffered early on in the game like i think they're saying that it happened in the first quarter and was reported to be anywhere from a from a a bad separation all the way up to a torn labrum which is the injury that's been bugging kyle long uh, all season long and and granted Kyle Long does his use his shoulders quite a bit but nowhere near in the same way that Jay Cutler uses his that's for sure um but uh it's a, it's an injury that you know could have required surgery and been season ending and apparently Jay needed to go and get a couple of opinions uh before the final decision uh was made so uh, it's not season ending at least not for now and he still might play on uh Sunday uh, against the Tennessee uh, Titans. So, um, you know, one thing that I've always given Jay credit for, and I I would, like I said, I, many times I, I would never qualify myself as a Jay Cutler apologist because anybody who's listened to this show knows that I hold Jay accountable for the things that he does wrong. But I've always felt ne- the need to to defend him because of the way that some people criticize him and the way that they do. And the one thing that nobody has been able to convince me of, and even though they constantly use the 2010 NFC Championship game as their proof, but that, you know, Jay Cutler isn't, isn't tough. And, you know, he played the entire football game, because God knows when it happened in the first quarter, but played the entire football game with a with possibly with a torn labrum in a game that we almost won, uh, actually. So, I mean, we, we score on that final drive, and Barth actually puts the extra point through the uprights. The Bears win that game on the road uh, against the Giants. So, I mean, it was... It was an effort that Jay put out there, uh, and he did it for the team. He's not out there doing it for himself, you know, because if he was thinking about himself, as soon as he hurt his shoulder, you know, being selfish and thinking only about himself, he would have benched himself thinking about not making it any worse because, you know, I don't want to ruin my status to other teams that might be looking at me in 2017 or whatever. He went out there and he played the rest of the game trying to help us win. So, um, you know, give credit where credit is due. He threw a he threw a bad interception at the end of the game, and that's what put the nail uh, in the coffin. But uh, you know he's out there every snap that he can be and trying to make it work uh, for this team. That is definitely looking forward to 2017 uh, at this point. Um, the first news that came out, however, was the news about Jarrell Freeman, uh, who has been one of my favorite players. Uh, this season one of our most consistent performers and uh, I guess maybe we learned of the reason why <laughs> suspended four games for uh, performance enhancing drugs or you know failing a test for PEDs and uh, so he is done until the 
Washington game, maybe. I think he gets to come back for the last two uh, football games. So, you know, Washington and Minnesota. Jarrell Freeman will be back to help finish out the uh, season. But for now, he's he's finished. Um, that along with what happened with Alshon. Uh, the Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Week before, you know, what are you going to do? You know, it's just, um, it just seems like the Bears, for whatever reason, have taken over the mantle in Chicago as the the cursed franchise in the city. You know, like Lovey Smith is the brand new Billy Goat of Chicago. You know, the Bears fired him after a 10-6 and six season, and, you know, we, we let him go because we thought we could try to, you know, find somebody that could help add the missing piece, which would be offense. Uh, in that case, especially after the year that team had in 2012, Lovey's last year. And, you know, Lovey is the new Billy Goat, apparently, because we fired him after the Bears' last winning season, and we've had nothing but injuries and disaster and incompetence and, you know, just failure ever since he was let go uh, as head coach of the team. So, I mean, it was, uh, it was a move I agreed with at the time, and I still agree with it now. You know, it's easy to go back and say, but, uh, you know, I don't think anything would have changed. We would have been a tough team. We would have been competitive. I believe that. But uh, we still wouldn't have been scoring enough points to win enough games to compete with the rest of the uh, with the rest of the division or the rest of the league, for that matter. So, um, you know, I, I felt it was the, it was, you know, I, I said it then I say it now Um you know, I didn't want Lovey to go, but it was time for something. It was time for a change, and that's what happened. It's just that instead of hiring Bruce Arians, we hired Mark Tressman, and that's where it all went downhill. So um, anyway, so there you go. Jarrell Freeman uh, suspended four games for the PEDs, joining Alshon Jeffrey on that list, and, um, you know, another blow uh, to the team. And the the only upside there is that uh we get a we get an extended look at uh Nick uh Kwiatkowski, our fourth round uh, draft footers out of uh West Virginia who saw mainly uh special teams duty uh throughout the times this year that he's been active I've seen him be a healthy scratch a couple of times uh this season uh the Bears signed Jonathan Anderson off the player uh, excuse me practice squad so he'll be available to step in he started a few games uh, for the Bears, at inside linebacker last season. As a matter of fact, he was uh, part of the uh, 
that controversy in that first Detroit Lions game where he came away with that interception on the golden, like it was ruled a touchdown by Golden Tate, but it looked like as soon as he catches it, the ball is knocked out and into the hands of Jonathan Anderson and the Bears defense looked like it held and, and took a touchdown away from the Lions, but instead it was, you know, like the like revenge for the Calvin Johnson touchdown way back in 2010. It was Jonathan Anderson who made that interception. Uh, on that play so we get a, we get a look at at, at Kwiatkowski possibly Anderson there at the inside linebacker so some young guys getting a chance to uh, you know to step up and uh, see what they can do uh, for us I hope it's Kwiatkowski the things that I saw from him in preseason um, you know I really like the way this kid plays he just lowers his head and gets in there so hopefully it's him that gets the chance to uh, gets the chance to start and is out there for most of the steps next to uh, Trevathan uh, in our linebacking uh, core there in the middle of the uh, the field. And then finally, the the third note was um, the Bears had a decision to make on, on two players that could possibly return from injured reserve, and the choices were uh, 2014 first-round pick Kyle Fuller, our cornerback, or 2015 first-round pick Kevin White, seeing a, uh, see a um, you know, uh, pattern there uh you know who are on the same injured reserve list with 2013 first round pick uh kyle long because of that ankle injury um and the bears went ahead and decided to pull kyle fuller off of the uh, injured reserve list designated him to return which officially ends the season uh for kevin white so in his two seasons as a chicago bear kevin white has played a grand total of three and a half football games because I believe he went down in the first half of that Detroit Lions game week number four so he's played in three and a half football games out of 32 or so will be when the season ends uh this season so you know bad luck for the kid you know I said before when he got hurt in the Lions game I don't think anybody should be writing him off you know because we were seeing good things from him and obviously it's a problem that he hasn't been healthy enough to do anything about it but I think that Kevin White can be a good player and that you know I I I don't I don't feel comfortable considering him a bust at this point to me a bust is a guy who can't play as far as uh you know like he can't perform on the field and I know being injured you know makes it that you can't perform but what we've seen from Kevin White he's still learning the game this was basically his rookie year and um, you know we saw flashes from him and ironically his best game of the season was in that first half of the Lions game when he went down with that uh, with that injury so if it happens again next year color me on the bandwagon as far as uh, you know all right well maybe we should write off Kevin White and move on to the next one but for now, I'm just going to chalk it up to uh, bad luck. I'm not going to write him off as a bust uh, just yet. But uh, uh, I disagree with the move. I posted as much on, on Facebook uh, the other day. Uh, wide receiver is a much bigger need for the Bears right now. The you know Evaluating Kyle Fuller and seeing what we have from him I think is irrelevant uh, at this point. Um, you know, you, you couldn't convince me in a thousand years that we need more help at corner than we do at wide receiver with the way that this team with Alshon gone for the next three weeks and, uh, uh, and everything we need Kevin white on the field a lot more than we need Kyle Fuller, uh, out there. I mean, it's, you want to see what you have in Kyle Fuller. I find that ridiculous. Kyle Fuller has been, was healthy for the first two years of his career, 
uh, in Chicago and, you know, played a little bit in the preseason. So he's healthy at the beginning of training camp before he suffered the knee injury. We, for the most part, know what we have in Kyle Fuller. The quest, the real question mark is Kevin White. If he was healthy enough that he'd have been able to return, he should have been the one coming off of injured reserve for those reasons because we still don't know what we have uh, in Kevin White, and we need a hell of a lot more help at wide receiver than we do uh, at cornerback uh, at this point. So the one disappointing thing that I keep seeing or that I don't see is um, you know p- putting guys like uh, Daniel Braverman uh, from the practice squad onto the active roster because we're at that point. We're two and eight, uh, even with uh, you know the division not out of reach at this point. The season is over as far as any any illusions about playing January football this year or anything like that, that part is over with. It's time to start looking forward and seeing what we have in these younger guys like Daniel Braverman, like Nick Kwiatkowski, and, uh, you know, and so forth. So I would like to see him get a bump up to the, to the active roster and get him out there uh, for a bit and uh, see what he can do uh, this year. So uh, anywho... That was the big news splash that happened literally minutes after I posted uh, the show uh, on Monday. So I just wanted to get you guys caught up as far as my thoughts uh, on those things. Um, you know, the thing with Jay, you got to give credit to the guy's toughness if he is going out there uh, banged up. And if it's bad enough that he had to get a second opinion in order to get someone to clear him to keep going forward, uh, you give credit to him and his toughness and, uh, you know, he, he will always be a disappointment as far as what could have been and what ended up being uh, in his Chicago uh, career. Uh, people like me uh, will always kind of look at the fact that, you know, the carousel of offensive coordinators, the bad offensive lines that he had to play. Jay never really got a great shot in Chicago, you know. And he did the best he could with what he had in front of him. And granted, a lot of the mistakes that were made were his. But, um, you know, he wasn't in the best position to succeed in Chicago. I'll say that uh, for Jay. So, I mean, if we're coming down to the end with him and all signs point to the fact that we we most likely are, that will that will be his legacy. And I'm really, really interested, really, really interested to see what Jay Cutler's not so much what Jay Cutler's legacy will be in Chicago, but how Chicago fans and Bear fans, more specifically, will receive Jay Cutler in the future. You know, like if they have some kind of reunion down the line and they bring Jay Cutler in at halftime, are they going to cheer for him or are they going to boo him? You know, are they going to? Because I, I would cheer. I, I really would. You know, I, I, I don't know what uh, any other Bear fan would uh, – would do i mean there are people out there there are bear fans out there that call it for jay color's death each and every sunday but uh you know we'll we'll have to i guess we'll have to wait and see on that i i often wonder what uh what that's going to be like years from now when uh they have some kind of reunion and you know hey it's jay cutler day at soldier field or whatever and people are throwing burning number six jerseys onto the field or something like that while he's there with his wife and kids on the 50 yard line so uh we'll have to wait uh and see um but despite all that, um, like I said in the beginning, despite all the mess and media circus that has been Hallis Hall this week, we have a football game to play on Sunday. And we're playing against the Tennessee Titans, who, who are uh, 
sitting at five and six right now in the AFC South. And, um, you know, honestly, if you'd have told me that this game between the Bears and the Titans was going to be between a five and six team and a two and eight team, I would have thought that the Bears would be the five and six team, or I guess a five and five team, and the Titans would be the two uh, win team, not the other way around. Um, but uh, those are the cards that we've been dealt this year, folks. And, um, you know, we were able to talk to Dan Cotton from 24 7 Sports, uh, uh, got him back on uh, again. Uh, I want to apologize ahead of time because, uh, stop me if you've heard this before, we've been having issues with the software again. As far as the recording, um, what's been happening is the timer that shows you how long you've been talking to your subject at some point in the interview will go into hyperdrive. So, you know, uh, you're looking and we record all these things through Skype and you'll see the clock on Skype says that I've been talking to Dan Cotton for 12 minutes and 25 seconds. And then I'll look at the clock on the Pamela program, which is what it's called, Pamela. Uh, and it will tell me that Dan and I have been talking for 18 minutes because the clock all of a sudden is clocking three seconds for every one that's actually going by. And what that does is that it's distorting the audio like it's recording all of it, but it's stretching 12 minutes of audio over 18 minutes of time as far as the audio file is concerned. So everything goes from regular talk just like this to, you know, for the next six minutes because it's all torn up and everything. So the problem is I noticed this happening a couple of times while I was talking to Dan. Uh, unfortunately, um, I had to cut pieces out of the interview that were marred. Uh, by it and um, we had to do two takes to try to get some of it in uh, we went back and kind of picked up where we left off where the where the audio went sideways on us but generally when I have these guests on the show I like to do about 20-25 minutes talking about the team talking about the game expectations uh, and so on after I was able to piece everything together it only ended up being about 15-16 minutes so really on the shorter end uh, as far as the conversations uh, our conversation with Dan, but it was really great uh, talking with him. You'll even see that it doesn't it doesn't even end the way that it normally does. Like Dan Cotton from twenty seven sport twenty four seven sports talking to us about ten, the Bears Titans blah blah blah. I ended up having to cut it short right there at the end because um, right where we stopped talking or where I say the final word is where the audio went. Like I ended up cutting the end of what Dan was saying and then going back post interview and recording that final bit that I say right there at the very end, just to give you a little behind the scenes of what happens here at the Chicago Bears review. But, um, you know, nonetheless, uh, we, we do get through enough uh, in 16 minutes. So we did talk about a lot of things. We just didn't quite get to round out the conversation like I would have liked to. Uh, to finish things off. So without further ado, we're going to step back and uh, bring on our guest, Dan Cotton from 247sports.com to talk about Bears and Titans. And here to help us out with the preview for week number 12, the Bears and the Titans, our good friend from 24-7 Sports, Dan Cotton. Dan, how we doing? Doing well, Larry. You and yourself? Oh, not too bad. You know, as you said a moment ago, the holiday's closing in, so, uh, 
you know, one of my favorite times of the year. I'm a I'm a big guy, so Thanksgiving is the the holiday of eating, so I'm a huge fan. There you go. Football and Thanksgiving. Amen. Amen to that. And three really good games on Thanksgiving yeah. too. All every every team is is 500 or better. Yes, finally we have some good football on Thanksgiving. It'll be nice for a chance. Yeah. Games to look forward to. Absolutely. Looking forward to that, no doubt. Um so your Tennessee Titans, uh, we had a lengthy conversation about them over the summer. We previewed the season, talking about the potential that was the AFC South, all the improvements that just about every team went ahead and made. And, and thus far, Jacksonville, they did it in the draft, and they opened up the pocketbooks in free agency, uh, very much the same thing that Houston did. But it's the Titans with their draft picks and everything that that's really seemed to be getting returns on the investments that they made going into this season. Yeah, uh, most uh, I guess most notable of those uh, was the uh, free agent uh, trade that John Robinson made for Demarco Murray. Uh, that was, I mean that's paid dividends beyond belief. Uh, this past weekend, he just uh, amassed one th- one thousand yards for the third time in his career. With uh, I think he had twenty one carries for seventy yards there against the Colts. So uh, this marks the third NFL season that that DeMarco has uh, rushed for rushed for 1,000 yards. Uh, that's, I mean, that's been the big, big bang uh, acquisition, if you will. The uh, lesser known ones, which actually a second uh, one of note has been the play uh, recently of Richard Matthews, the uh, free agent receiver from uh, Miami. He has uh, now caught a touchdown in the past six games in a row, so he's coming on strong too. The one thing that hasn't happened that uh, Titans might have wanted more of has been the play of their second-round picks. Uh, most notably, Derrick Henry has not seen much time behind uh, behind the Murray. Uh, uh, Kevin Dodd has not played. He was actually a, a healthy scratch this past Sunday uh, versus the Colts, and Austin Johnson has been slow to come on. Uh, other draft picks, uh, Kevin Byer has, uh, has played really well. He's a uh, local kid from uh, uh, from Middle Tennessee, and, he, and he's seen a lot of action. But uh, getting back to free agency, by far the big splash has been uh, the play of DeMarco Murray. He's, he's kind of had a uh, rebound year, if you will. He's definitely a leader on the team, and it's uh, and it's definitely showing in his play. And the other big thing uh, for the Titans was that um – no sophomore slump for, for Mariota. I was just looking at his stats, 23 touchdowns, only eight interceptions. And, um, you know, usually you see somewhat of a dip or a decline in that second year, but uh, not seeing that from uh, from Mariota. He's playing very well this year. Well, he, he, yeah, I mean, last couple games he's, he's played really well. Now, uh, I will be honest, in, in three other losses, I would definitely give him uh, his play – the issue with him this year, I'm not so much worried about the uh, interceptions, but the fumbles. And he's had costly fumbles that cost him the uh, season opener to the Vikings. The first Colts game was a fumble, and he had 17 of the points that the Chargers scored were a, were a direct result of, uh, of bad plays by Marcus. But other than that, uh, he is still a stat that is astounding me. Marcus uh, has uh, – he's – 32 and 0, meaning he has thrown for 32 touchdowns and has not thrown a pick in the red zone. That's amazing stat. That is. Yeah, and and, and I read today where he is actually second in the AFC behind only Brady, as far as a uh, 
as far as a uh, as far as as a uh, I think his uh, ranking is a uh, is over 100. And so I mean, yeah, I mean he's definitely had his ups and downs, but uh, he's definitely trending in the right direction of late, and uh, he's definitely uh, the Titans are definitely the uh, the sky's the limit, so to speak, with him uh, under center. Yeah, and they're definitely not out of reach at this point to steal the division uh, from the uh, from the Texans at this point. And I mean, those two losses against Indianapolis—that's going to hurt. I mean, aside from actually, aside from the Jacksonville win, you don't have a win uh, in the division. Yeah. You lost to Houston in both games to uh, Indianapolis, but you're only what a game and a half back or so from the from the Texans Correct. who lost uh, last night with six games left to play. So, I mean, there's, there's still plenty of time for the for the Titans to, to try to tie one on there at the end of the season. There definitely is. And, I mean, the only bugaboo is that the Colts now have won 11 in a row in the, in, in the series with the Titans. So they've got to get that figured out next year. And it, it, it so happens the last game of the season is here in Nashville against the Texans. So hopefully there will be something to play for uh, in early January here in Nashville. We'll have to wait and see on that, though. Yeah, that would definitely be uh, a heck of a way to ring in 2017 with that game being on January 1st. So, um, But speaking of uh, wins and losses, I was just looking at the, the schedule here, and aside from a couple of games, um, you know, the Titans could be as good as like 9-2 and two or as bad as 2-9 and nine with, with some of these, with somehow close some of these games were. I mean, a one-score, a one-point win over Detroit, uh, one uh, score loss to Oakland, one score loss to Houston, um, a two-point win over Cleveland, uh, you know, a one-score game against Indianapolis, uh, you know, the the 43-35 to 35 loss to, to San Diego. You said there were some turnovers that ended up costing them in the game there. And then, you know, the, you, the, the, the Colts got out big last weekend on you guys, mm-hmm. and you came back and just one touchdown – one touchdown short from stealing that one from Indianapolis. So at the very least, the Titans are keeping it interesting for Titan fans this year. Yeah, unlike uh, the, the the past couple of years, there's definitely been a sense of uh, renew, renewed interest here in Nashville uh, for uh, uh, with uh, with the Titans. Finally, they have a product on the field that people are excited about. Uh, the past couple of years, obviously winning two games in 2014 and three last year, they've uh, they've equaled that that amount here already in 2016 and to be honest i right now i see them going i see them finishing eight and eight i mean what to wait and see how it plays out but uh but yeah i mean there's definitely definitely uh optimism here in nashville when it comes to the titans finally finally optimism you know you know what i mean yeah it's it's been quite some time since anyone had anything to be excited about when it comes to uh tennessee you got five games left you got the bears this weekend Mm -hmm. denver and kansas city that's going to be tough and then you close out at jacksonville and then like you said home for the Mm -hmm. uh home for the texans i mean they've got a bye weekend there and somewhere because they one of two teams that hasn't had a bye yet but um actually yeah week 13 yeah Mm -hmm. next week yeah the week 13 so i mean one of those late late buys that's kind of weird so you see a three and two record on the way down this this road here uh, frankly, yeah. That I mean, ideally four and one. But I, to be honest, I could. Um, right now, I'm I'm dead set on uh, on a three and two finish for the Titans. You know, with a eight and eight uh, overall. Yeah. So what's what's uh, aside from uh, Demarco Murray? You know, who should the Bears be worried about 
uh, this weekend. So, I mean, I'm sure we got to worry about Mariota and his feet, and we got to stop DeMarco Murray. But is there anybody in the passing game maybe that the Bears need to be worried about? Yeah, uh, Pro Bowl tied in Delaney Walker. He's um, he's hasn't had the uh, the number of uh, receptions this year. Uh, last year he had over ninety for over a thousand yards, and and he made his first Pro Bowl. But definitely Delaney is the best uh, offensive weapon, if you will, that that Marcus has uh, in the passing game. He can. Uh, I mean, he's a Mitch. Uh, he typically takes. Uh, Two defenders uh, with him wherever he goes. He actually had one over his. He, he had, I think, he had three catches this past weekend. So the the Colts actually did a decent job of, uh, of taking him out of the game. But that left open. Uh, Richard Matthews had his first 100 yard game of season for the Titans. He's come on strong, as I mentioned earlier. He has now had a touchdown in six games in a row. So he's definitely balling out of late. But in but in order of uh, I guess in order of importance, it's definitely DeMarco one, Delaney two, and I will put uh, Richard num- uh, number three on the list for the Bears to uh, take notice of uh, on Sunday. Yeah, and boy, are you guys walking into uh, what could uh, – and and it actually kind of screams trap game at the same time. You you have these, yeah, yeah. these, these bigger games with Denver and Kansas City coming up, and the Bears are about as wounded as opponent that you guys will have all year, especially with the reports on – uh, that hasn't been quite confirmed yet, but a lot of reports about Jay might be done for the season, so we could have our third and fourth string quarterbacks playing against you guys mm-hmm. on Sunday, not to mention the Swiss cheese that has become our offensive line and the rest of our team, yeah. uh, quite frankly. I mean, <laughs> does anything on this team concern you guys at this point? Well, your uh, you're, uh, running back is, you know, I mean, he's having a decent year, Mr. Uh, Howard. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. concerned with him for sure, obviously. With uh, I think uh, Miller out now, he's obviously your big uh, and uh, and Alshon being your two big threats. Definitely, the focus for the Titans on on Sunday will will be Mr. Howard. They've got to stop him to have any chance of winning there in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. And I would. Uh, how's the offensive line doing? How's that that uh, Jack Conklin? How's he taking to taking to the field so far? this year because the one bullet i thought we had in the chamber going into new york was their offensive line wasn't very good and our pass rush was very very strong especially against uh tampa bay but the bears pass rush was almost non-existent against the giants and that ended up being the difference in the game how's the offensive line looking uh for the titans this year i mean i I guess it would have to be pretty good you have a thousand yard rusher with five games to go well, actually, up until this past weekend, uh, to be honest, uh, the Titans gave up the, the most sacks that they have all year to Indy in being five. Uh, Sunday was the first time that uh, Jack Conklin, the uh, rookie that out of uh, Michigan State, has given up a sack. And the same goes for Taylor Wan. And actually, it's it's pretty – it's, uh, actually, the Wan left the game Sunday with a, with a knee spring, and he's day-to-day. So we're not sure yet if he'll be able to go on Sunday – I mean that would de- definitely be something to watch out for. He's, I mean, he had he, he's been playing at, at a Pro Bowl level this year. Uh, that is Lawan, and uh, if, if the Titans don't have him, if the Titans don't have him on Sunday, that will definitely be an advantage for the Bears on their uh, on their side of things. Talk about a guy who's had an interesting month. Uh, Lawan a few weeks ago kind of uh, had like a video go viral because he was consoling a Texans or a Titans fan. 
I think it was in San Diego, you know, gives gives the kid his hat. He's this huge hero. A week later, he's ejected for bumping a referee, and now he's on the injured list with a with a sprained knee. I mean, this guy has had a, a very crazy uh, couple of weeks. Yeah, for sure. And other, he had a uh, incident in the week three loss to the uh, to the Raiders, where he uh, kind of jumped on the pile late and, and got called for a uh, unnecessary reference penalty. But uh, fast forward, he was he, he consoled a uh, a a Titans fan after their, their their tough loss to the Chargers a couple of weeks ago, and then uh, against the Packers, uh, first quarter, he after Latroy Guyan of the Packers. Uh, jumped over the line and hit Marcus Murata. Lewan came to his defense and unknowingly he bumped an official, got ejected because of that. And this past week, he actually left the game in the fourth quarter with a knee sprain. Uh, he's been ruled day to day by Coach Malarkey. So his stash for Sunday is uh, not known as of yet, but he's definitely had a, a interesting month, to say the least. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of officials, you know, it's mm-hmm. been such a crazy year for the officials and, and, you know, how much attention is being paid to them, missing calls. I mean, even last night, you know, not even 24 hours ago, the Texans having some calls go against them that help make things uh, easier for the Raiders to pull out with the with the win. Have have the, the Titans fallen victim to anything like that? Have a call go sideways on them that may have could have, you know, cost them a victory or something like that this year? Actually, ironically, yes. Uh, actually, last the last two years, the uh, the Titans have played the Raiders here in Nashville. Last year, they had a phantom uh, defensive pass interference call that led to uh, that later led to Raiders touchdown, and the Raiders uh, would uh, go on and win. And this year, also against the Raiders in Week Three, the Titans had a uh, a touchdown by Andre Johnson called back because of uh, a offensive pass interference. So two two years in a row. A, uh, either an offensive uh, pass interference call or defensive pass interference call was was key in the uh, Titans losing to the Raiders. Uh, this past week, there was a phantom holding call on tight end Anthony Vazano that, uh, frankly, should not have been called, uh, but it was, and, and uh, that led that later led to the Titans having to go forward in fourth down, and they were not able to convert on fourth and one and. And turn uh, turn the ball over downs, and the Colts went out to uh, went on to win that game. So yeah, a, a definitely a, a couple of calls. If they gone the, the other way, the Titans might have uh, might have a, a couple more wins on the season. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's crazy that uh, you know how much attention is being paid to the referees and uh, you know the mistakes that they're making. And they, I mean, obviously it, it's tough to to be in their shoes and and what the calls that they have to make in you know in real time when we have the luxury of replay and slow motion and uh, and all that kind of stuff. But it really does seem like that there's something off about the officiating these days. Do you think that full time officials might be the answer to this, or is is that just you know throwing throwing water at a bonfire? Well, I, I mean, I know there's been talk of that for a while now, and honestly, I don't see. I uh, definitely think we it, it, actually it would probably, honestly, yes, I could see where it would help things, but uh, I mean, they've got to go into the rule book uh, in the offseason, uh, the owners and the uh, uh, officials uh, on the uh, on the committee. They need to they need to uh, scale back some of the rules. Uh, they got so many rules nowadays that they. They need to scale some of these rules back, back to the old days, and let. I, what it pisses me off more, trying to be frank here, is they they need to let players celebrate. I would I would definitely agree, and um, 
you know dan i i really appreciate you uh coming back on we'll go ahead and uh and 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 cut it there and um you know um I'm I'm looking forward to this game uh, on Sunday more so to see the Titans play than the Bears to be honest with you because the Bears don't have much for us to to see uh, these days so uh, good luck to your team hopefully everybody comes out healthy not something that we as Bear fans have been able to enjoy the last couple of weeks so hopefully everybody comes out healthy so you guys can uh, be as healthy as possible going into this stretch run at the end of the season here. So as you see, somewhat of an abrupt end uh, to the interview, um, but um, we did uh, piece together as much of it as I could before the, uh, you know, when the audio was uh, cooperating. Hopefully, um, you know, it, it's kind of been a here today, gone tomorrow thing with the the problems with this this uh, recording software. I have been on the hunt for others. If you guys know, feel free to help me out here. If you guys know of any other Skype recording programs that are out there. Uh, please feel free to let me know. Send me a tweet on uh, on Twitter. It's at uh, Shy Bears Review. Send me an email, Chicago Bears Review at Yahoo dot uh, com, or, or hit me up on the on the Facebook page, either by my name, Larry Dyer the Third, or uh, just hit up the Chicago Bears Review page. Let me know uh, what you guys are seeing uh, out there, and I will definitely uh, give it a try because um, you know we can't trust the program. But it's all that I have right now, you know, so I'm I, I have to go into these interviews warning my subjects about the fact that, well, this might be a waste of everyone's time because we might sit here and record this interview for a half hour. And I'm going to go back and look and we are only able to use about seven minutes of it, which means I won't use any of it. So having to give my interview subjects a heads up like that, um, you know, I don't like it. And I hate sitting there at like a ball of nerves, having this great conversation with someone and, and knowing that there's a possibility I might not be able to use it so if you guys have any suggestions out there that might be able to help us out please let me know please let me know because i would greatly uh, appreciate it and i would love to not have to worry about what's going to happen every time i uh, try to have an interview with one of my guests that uh, you know I, I have here to try to to try to give us all here as bear fans the most information we possibly can uh, going into every matchup that our beloved uh, have each and every week during the season so but i do want to thank dan cotton for uh for being on the show with us uh look forward to having him back on uh at some point uh down the line dan's a great guy and um you know like i said did not get to to flesh out the conversation or at least present to you the conversation as as we had it we talked a lot about uh the officiating um you know we got an extended talk about the officiating and everything that is where he just let him celebrate there were a few more minutes of talk after that, but that's like the literal second the audio went bad right there was as soon as he said celebrate after he said all of that, that's where it kind of went sideways and the, the audio went after that. So uh, that's where I had to cut it short, uh, unfortunately. So uh, and we had a lot more to talk about the the offensive line of the Titans and Taylor Lewan and uh, the other issues with officiating and. Uh, and everything. I really wish that uh, the audio would have cooperated. We, we, we had to cut out a lot of good stuff uh, from that uh, interview. So anyway, I apologize to that. I apologize to Dan, but I think that what we got out there uh, are, is the essentials of what we need to know uh, going into this thing, who the Bears need to watch for, who the Titans might be afraid of going into this thing, uh, and so on. So 
What do we think we need to do on Sunday? I think it is very, very simple, okay? Especially if if Jay doesn't play on Sunday. As crazy as this sounds, the key to the Bears winning the football game, on offense especially, is Matt Barkley. Because, Because if Jay doesn't play, the Titans are going to have nine, eight, nine guys in the box every single down daring us to throw the football. So we have to have success throwing the ball on Sunday, period. I know that we're short in the wide receiving core. We've got our third string, possibly our fourth string quarterback out there because God knows if Connor Shaw was healthy, he'd be out there instead of uh, Matt Barkley. But, you know, those are the breaks right now. I mean, we're we're on to guys number four and five if Jay doesn't play and Matt Barkley and David fails uh, uh, and everything in, in, the, in the quarterback situation. And the bottom line is if we want to have any kind of success on offense on Sunday, we have to, in the, in the very beginning, we have to come out throwing the ball. We have to come out. I don't get, you know, honestly, I personally don't care um, – if if it's three and out for three straight drives because we're throwing three incomplete passes, it, at the very least, it's something that we have to do to get the Titans to back up a little bit so that we can get Jordan Howard some room and some space to to run against the uh, to run against the Titans. You know, it's not like they're so stifling against the run that, uh, you know, it'll be impossible to run the football against them. It's just that they know. Uh, with what the Bears are putting on the field on Sunday, that's the only thing that we're going to be half halfway good at. They're not going to be worried about our passing game at all. So we need to come out throwing, because at this point, who the hell cares? You know what does it matter? Just go out there, throw the football, get uh, Braunecker going because we haven't made any moves at tight end. I, mean, I thought maybe Tony Moyaki, who's probably at home watching football right now, would be uh, brought in to kind of take over the mantle as our tight end, but we're going with the guys that we got. So Logan Paulson and, and Ben Braunecker are going to be our uh, tight ends uh, on Sunday, which not the worst idea in the world, getting to see what we got in these young guys, uh, I suppose. But, um, you know, we need to come out throwing the ball. So, and uh, whatever happens, happens and, and everything. So it's not like uh, we're out there, you know, trying to make a run at the playoffs at this point. It's just that, uh, you know, I want to be, I want to see competition, you know, as, uh, as frustrating as the Bears game was on Sunday uh, against the Giants, at least we were in the damn thing. You know, it was never out of reach uh, at any point. You know, we just didn't look good in the second half, but the game had never gotten away from us. So it was uh, that, at, in the very least, was entertaining. You were engaged because at any moment the whole thing could have turned on its head and the Bears would be in, in, in the lead or, uh, you know, back in, in, in charge with the momentum and so on and so forth. So come back out, throw in the football. And on the defensive side, we need to do what we didn't do against the Giants, which was get after Mariota. And it's going to be much more difficult this week than it was last week because as um, as shifty as Eli Manning can be in the pocket, he is no Marcus Mariota, that's for sure. So uh, Mariota's a former Heisman Trophy winner uh, because he could do it on his feet as well as with his uh, arm at the college football uh, level. Uh, we do need to worry about his feet. It, it will be like playing Jameis Winston Again, only I feel that uh, Mariota is a much better athlete uh, than uh, than Winston for sure. But um, you know, it's uh, 
we, we got to stay after those guys. We have to get after uh, Mariota. Uh, he's only thrown eight interceptions uh, this year, but like you heard Dan say, uh, he's more concerned with the fumbles. So maybe when he's out there running, he gets careless with the football, and maybe the Bears could generate some turnovers, some takeaways there to try to get the football back in our offense's hand uh, again. So, And then, like I've been saying the last couple of weeks, at this point in the season, open it up. Let's do something fun. I mean, Cameron Meredith was a quarterback for most of his career uh, in at Illinois State in college. Why not do one of those uh, Heinz Ward, you know, here comes Heinz Ward around the side. Looks like we're running a reverse, only he pulls up to try to throw the football uh, downfield uh, to a wide open Josh Bellamy or something like that. I mean, why not do something like that? Keep the Titans on their toes and uh, try to have a little fun with it. Let's open up the playbook and, you know, whatever at this point, you know, any little thing can help us win uh, a football game, you know, doing a reverse on a kickoff or something like that, uh, you know, doing the um, the fake returner play on punts. You remember when, when Johnny Knox and Devin Hester pulled that off against the Packers uh, that one time where everybody thought the ball was going to Devin, but it was Johnny who caught it on the other side of the field and ran untouched for a touchdown, that kind of thing. Why not start pulling some of these things out of the playbook to try to give the Bears any advantage that you can you know, anything that would give us um, a possibility of being able to pull one over on the Titans to try to steal a win uh, in this game. So because right now, if you ask me, I would have to go with Tennessee. They're playing much, much better football than the Bears are at this point, despite being uh, on the road. So um, anyway, those are my suggestions. Come out throwing the ball if, if, at, if for no other reason than to get the Titans to back up off the eight- and nine-man box to give Jordan Howard a little more breathing room to try to run the football. So that's my strategy there. That's my big thing uh, on offense. Come out throwing the ball to try to uh, make the Titans believe that that's what we're going to do to open up the things for, to open things up for Jordan Howard. So, give him the best possible chance to succeed. It won't be handing the ball off to him three times in a row uh, with a cloud of dust because that's what they're expecting from us. Let's not do the expected. Let's do the unexpected and try to put the ball in Matt Barkley's hands. And try to see if he can't relive the days of him possibly being a Heisman Trophy uh, candidate. You know what I mean? Uh, he was one of the hot guys in college during his day. Let's uh, see if we can't give him to relive some of those moments of college excellence at the pro level. So that's just me. But uh, anyway, that is going to do it for the Week 12 preview episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Come back on Monday when we will see how it all went down between the Bears and the Titans. Did we get our third win of the season and pull one over on the Titans? Or is Tennessee a 500 football team heading into the last four games of the season with uh, not such a bad shot at maybe making a run at the AFC South crown. So we'll have to wait and see. So until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Chicago Bears Review.